Today on Tactical Breakdown, we're exploring the concept of guilty until proven innocent with Gary Klugwitz. Let's get into it. Welcome to the Tactical Breakdown podcast on the Islet Network. Your number one resource for law enforcement training. Here is your host, Adam Kanakin. Hey there, and welcome back to Tactical Breakdown, the podcast for law enforcement and law enforcement instructors. My name is Adam Kanakin. Thank you so much for being here on the podcast. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for joining us again. Obviously, I hope you're finding value to this training. If you are, or if you're brand new to the podcast, wait till the end. Wait till you listen to the information. And if you feel like you're getting something out of it, consider subscribing or following the podcast you'll get up to date on every episode that we put out and access to some of the best trainers and instructors in the world today's episode is with gary klugwitz gary is a legend of the game he's also the other half to our previous guest mr dave young from vistalar who was also at ilita 2021 in st louis with us so gary and i sat down and gary has over 35 years of training experience whether it be police corrections military private security, everything in between. And we explore a concept of guilty until proven innocent. And Gary is bringing in his lifetime of experience, how training has changed, how policy has changed in law enforcement, and really what that means for us today in 2021. So I hope you enjoy it. Again, this was a session that Gary taught at ILETA this year. He's there every single year. And hopefully you'll be able to join us live at ILETA in time to see him teach in person because that's really what you got to get down there for. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Gary Klugwitz. Let's jump into it. Hey everyone, Adam Kanakin with Islet Network here at the ILETA 2021 Conference in St. Louis. With me, a legend of the game, Gary Klugwitz. Thanks so much for joining me, Gary. Really appreciate it. Well, you're welcome. I'm glad I could be here. You're teaching this week, as you do every time. What is the course that you're running here at ILETA this year? Uh, this, uh, I think, is very appropriate for people this year. Is, is, is guilty until proven innocent. Uh, you know, I've been in the game for a long time. I spent 25 years in law enforcement, and now I've spent 20 years after that this year just tra- training people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just, you know uh, I like to say I know where all the bodies are buried. You know, right. I, I've seen it all. I've, and, again, most of the things that we do do now, are it's uh, because we did it wrong one time. We figured out how to do it right, and so I wanted to share that information with it, especially in the light of what's going on today in, in, in the in the, uh, the world with uh, with all the negative vibes. There's police, the defund the police, all this kind of stuff. Is that we really need to understand? Is that there's two kinds of atmospheres. There's an atmosphere that's very positive, and one that's very very negative. Unfortunately, more and more, our atmosphere when we show up is a negative one rather than a supportive one. Right. And so what we have to do is we have to do everything we can, you know, because we're kind of guilty until proven innocent. How can I make myself be innocent when it's all over? When it's said and done, how can I win the, the incident, the evaluation process, the litigation, and then my own survival afterwards? We like to talk about there's, there's uh, four safety things that we, we cover. And we, we call this, you know, you know, very simply is that, you know, in, in terms of, you know, you know the, 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 how, first of all, you have the officers here, we have to, we want to be physically safe. We call it the POP index. You know, you know how to be physically t- uh, safe. How to be how to be organizationally safe. You know how how to be legally safe. You know, and so how to be and how to be emotionally safe. So that polar acronym is really important in terms of what we do and how we do it. And so you know, you know, how do you make yourself safe in all those levels? That's why I wanted to come here and do this class. 
So is this now, because we're in a, in a conference that is educators and instructors, is this something that you want them taking and, and disseminating to their agencies? Like, how does that process work with this kind of information? Well, I work for a company called Vistar. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's and people always say, "What does Vistar stand for?" It's the power of the network. And we we we, we, like, we like to say, uh, you know, we 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 uh, we address the entire spectrum of human conflict, from interpersonal discord to sitting in a SWAT team. So we do all that training. So what we want to do is I wanted to share information with them of things we've learned to help change that, that you know, very, you know, very defensive atmosphere into a supportive one by how you and, uh, handle the entire process. So if we're talking about guilty until proven innocent, my question is, is that we know that a lot of the issue will come with when officers don't have support from command. Right or from the community or from the policymakers, how do we start that conversation? How does that? How do we start doing that? Well, we would share very simply is that if we, you know we always start our conversations with talking about how have the administration failed the officers, not what they've done right or wrong, but how have we failed? What could we have done better? And we talk about leadership. You have to have strong leadership and informed and educated leadership too, and experienced leadership. But you, all, you, all, you also you know, you need to have you know, the, the proper policies in place that, is, that are current, that will keep them safe in what we expect to do our, our day-to-day duties. And then you have to deal with, very simply, you have to deal with the whole issue of, you know, in terms of, in terms of the, 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 uh, uh, the training that they get. You know, are they trained properly? And again, that's what, what Elite is all about, is training people. But it's not training just people how to use force. It's how to manage force. It's how, how to uh, you know you know how to de-escalate. How to handle the aftermath of of taking care of someone afterwards. How to write the report. All part of things that training we have to do. And finally, our supervision. Supervision is probably the biggest issue we have. Is that if if, if officers aren't probably supervised, who's making sure they do right the right thing? Uh, I, I I used in my class one of my favorite examples. In 1988, we we, we, had, we had a jail. It's old jail, very dirty. You know, and I literally, and I'm sorry. The cockroaches were on the wall like this. Okay? It was totally filthy. But if you ask the deputies, I, we did it, I did in-service. We had 500 officers at the time, and I did 25 in-service with them, and I asked all the same question. Why is the jail dirty? And what did all the officers say? Because the inmates are filthy people. It's very easy to blame someone else. But, but I said, but why did the deputies let the, 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 the people in their, in, their, in their care and custody be so filthy and leave it so dirty? Well, they just did. Well, now, who let the deputies do it? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it the sergeants and the lieutenants and the captains and the inspectors? And then there's the sheriff. So isn't it true that the reason the jail is dirty was because the sheriff let it be dirty? Because if you know anything about a police organization or a sheriff organization, if, if that boss wanted something to happen, mm-hmm. I mean, I want this to happen, it would happen. So if the, if the sheriff wanted the, 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 the jail to be clean, it would be clean. It wasn't. So who's at fault? It was the administration part. Where's the policy that was enforced that has to keep it clean? Where, 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 where is it? Where you know, as they move down, you know, you know, where's the training to how to how to clean that the jails? And finally, where's the supervision for the sergeants to make them clear? So very simply, is that it's just not blaming the administration or blaming supervision or training policy. It's all together. But then once we've done that, we've done everything we're supposed to do. Then guess what? Then we can say, did you forget? Mm-hmm. Do you need more training? Or did you willfully and knowingly violate what we trained you to do? Now, then the eyes get really big of the officers. But we can't ask that question until we do it right. 
And so, so it's not just one thing. It's just not the administration being, being supportive. And it's just not the community being supportive. It's what do we make to make the community supportive? How can we change that? And that's a, that's a really the second question. Mm-hmm. How do we, internally we have to change it. But externally, how do we change it? You know, for, how do we change their, their feelings towards us? It's how we interact with them. And we have a whole class on how to do that. And I, we have all these cards we use, and I'm not going to go through all the, I go through all the cards. But every one is a training program. But the most important card we have is the Treat People Right card. And you know, it, 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 it's exactly what it's supposed to say. It's that very simply, is how do you treat people right? But more importantly for the officers, this is a question officers get more and more often. Have you had de-escalation training? You think an officer might get that when they go to litigation now? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. But, but then what do they say? Well, I learned to de-escalate. Well, that's not a very good answer, is it? So we give them a card to answer it. And I think I just want to go through the card because it's so important. Okay? What? So very simply, I'm, 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 you, you, look, you look at the card. You know, it's a very simple. Is that, is that you had de-escalation training. Well, how are you trained to treat people? How are you, how are you, how, what were you trained? How do you, how do you, how do you de-escalate? You treat people right. On the back of the card, it says, how do you do that? By showing them respect. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? Because I want to be able to answer that question. It's, it's about, we see the world through our eyes. We listen to our senses. We ask, explain why. We offer options, let them choose, and we give them an opportunity to reconsider. So you have these, all these ways we've trained to do it. And our training involves all that. But when you get done that, that's showing people respect. But the, probably the most important question is, how, do you, how are you trained to do that? It's called the empathy triad. Do you think in court... That your defense, who is defending you, would like to hear that you, you practice the empathy triad? Because it, it's all about empathy nowadays. And then we, we very simply acknowledge their perspective, we seek to understand, we anticipate their needs. But we have, actually have officers practice this. In our training at Vislar, we don't just do fire talks, we do fire drills. So I make you do this drill back and forth, so when you go to court, you can look good, sound good, be good. Okay? And so that's very important. Mm-hmm. So it answers the second question. But if I start doing this on the street, Guess what? It's going to be better. We like to say we don't like to start with de-escalation. We like to start with non-escalation. How not to start the negative dance. And that's what we, we start with a universal greeting. So another card talks about how to do a universal greeting. How to say, good afternoon. My name is Deputy Klugwitz, Mark, our Sheriff's Office. The reason I stopped you today is I couldn't help but notice you're parked in a handicapped zone. I don't see a handicapped skip, sticker. Did you forget to put it up? Right. Not automatically assuming that they did something maliciously. But 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 I not only I asked, you know, you know, you know, you know I say good morning. I introduce myself, show respect, who, who I represent, my legitimate authority for being here. I ask them the question, and then I give it a relevant question. You know, I, I tell them what they should do, and then I give them a relevant question, how to do it. And so by doing that, I'm going to set the stage. We like to say there's a law of primacy and a law of recency. Primacy, how I start out. Recency, how I finish, and if I do it right, guess what? I'm going to have a much better response from my audience. I'm going to be able to non-escalate many situations, not escalate. Hey, buddy, what are you doing here? Yeah, we use um, a lot of times in training. I've used the term tactical empathy. Yes. Right, where it's you're you're practicing empathy, but you're doing it tactically, which means you're doing it deliberately for a very specific reason to gain an advantage in the conversation that you're having, so, or in the situation as a whole. Um, and I feel like that, that flows along with exactly what you're saying is, first of all, it's, it's interesting. I bet, I bet you if you took 100 officers and said, explain to me the difference between empathy and sympathy, I bet you 
probably not every one of them is going to get it right. No, most would get wrong because you see, they would say, you know, empathy is sympathy. I'm feeling sorry for them. No, I am not feeling sorry for them. It's a, a, empathy. Empathy is seeing the world through their eyes. I want to see from your perspective. And again, this is where the tactical part comes. If I see your perspective, I can figure out how you take you to the promised land. Mm-hmm. But if I don't, if I don't do that, I can't. I can't take you to promised land because I don't know where you're coming from. I don't know what your issues are today, and I can't do it without asking questions. But it is tactical empathy. But again, we we would like our officers to be to, to be empathetic. But even if you're not empathetic, you should practice that because it's good for you. And, you know, we like to say, "Is what's what's in it for me? It's good for me." Yep. So we, we we always look at it for that standpoint of how to explain to the officers why doing what is right is good for you, rather than saying you have to do this or else. I like the I like the acronym CYA. Cover your ass. We use that in training, and it doesn't matter if you're talking defensive tactics or you're talking, um, you know, de-escalation. Right? It's what are you doing that is going to help you. If something goes wrong during this entire incident, right? Have you done the correct steps so that your ass is covered when shit hits the fan? Again, but we would be very careful. You know, uh, Jill Weisenthal is one of our one of our trainers, and she talks a lot about precision of word choice. Mm-hmm. We have really cleaned up our language. Mm-hmm. We would never say "cover your butt" anymore. Right. We would never say that. We want to teach a concept. Because if an officer says, what will you learn to do? I learned to cover my ass. Can you imagine that coming out in court? Yeah. And it's going to pop out. And yeah. so everything we do, uh, uh, I don't grab you. I secure, I secure your arm. I, I, I don't throw you on your ground. I, I, I decentralize you. Everything is about precision word choice now. So we're very careful about what we say. Because whatever we say to our officers, they're gonna, it's going to pop out in court. And it could come back to haunt us, precision word choice. Is it not we have to be more sensitive? You know. For instance, I no longer talk. I no longer talk about your, your wife. I don't even say. I, I say significant other because I don't know what it's going to be in this world, diverse world we live in. We have to be very diverse. It doesn't matter whether we like it or not. It's what our world is. Mm-hmm. And so we have you know, you know two people living together it can be all kinds of different variations. And you know, maybe married or not married, it'd be one race or another race, one religion, other religion. So very simply, significant other kind of covers it all. So everything we do is about, about not starting setting a situation up to get ourselves into trouble. Because we do want to keep ourselves physically, you know, organizationally, legally, and emotionally safe. Because, again, if you get beat up every day at work, are you going to take that home? Yeah. It's interesting, this concept. You've been in this game for a very long time, and you're sitting here and you're spearheading an initiative to embrace the current culture that we're living and working in and saying, look, I don't care what your personal feelings are on whether or not you should be using different pronouns for people or whatever this conversation is. It's if you're going to put on a badge, you're going to put your gun on and you're going to go to work. This is what you're accepting as that. This is the society you're here to protect the community that you're working in. And this is the society that that community is now living in. And now saying for an officer, and I don't care if you've been doing this for 25 years, there's an officer, um, I was talking with uh, somebody else, uh, and I can't remember where he's from, he's 91 years old, still on patrol. And he's seen a lot of things. Oh, yes. In his life. But the only, t- the only way you can get in, stay in that long and do what he's doing is by changing and adapting to the current surroundings and the current culture that you're 
that you're living in. And it seems to say what you guys are really spearheading is, listen, I don't care what your personal feelings are on this subject, but you have to choose what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and be very, be very cognizant in these interactions with the community, because if you aren't, we're in a culture right now, this cancel culture, where you say the wrong thing to the wrong person and it's being recorded, it's game over. But it doesn't have to be recorded. It just needs to be reported. I mean, right. the, the, the whole point is that, you know, you know, one of the things is that, you know, the part is treat people right card. Our, the basis of everything we do, our guiding principle is the top of all our cards. Treat with dignity by showing respect, even though you disagree. And again, in a law enforcement situation, are we going to a lot of time be in disagreement? Mm-hmm. We're enforcing laws. They may not like to law enforce. We may disagree. But, I, that, but if I have that, I don't have to disrespect you. So I'm going to treat you with dignity by showing you respect. Because that's, you know, even though we may disagree. But, but then, then I'm gonna, we're going to train you how to interact with that person, how, how to persuade that person to, to come around. Uh, the, uh, we, we have you know, you know, lots of cards here. One of our, one of our cards here is uh, you know, the, the, the uh, six C's of conflict management. And it just talks about everything starts with a context, a contact, and then finally it ends up with closure. But then we, uh, the red brick road is that we could have conflict. We could have crisis and we could have combat. But eventually, we got to get back to closure. So it doesn't matter where we go. We want to be able to do that. And we want to do that by being very respectful about it. Because guess what? People res- expect us to be respectful. Even in this day and age, they res- expect the cop to be respectful. And they're not. They're angry. And everything else is poison down the road. So we want to keep it respectful all the time, even though it might be a very, very volatile situation. Now, again, I may be personally not liking what happened, but I can't show that. You know, uh, Dave Young, one of our instructors, talked a lot about, you know, you know the, the whole issue of that. Whenever anybody has a situation, you should take a brain picture or a brain, a brain video of what happened. And then you're going to evaluate it. And you're going to evaluate it uh, uh, three different ways. One, did the officer look professional? Meaning, did he look good on camera? Mm. Okay. Two, in terms of, did he demonstrate concern? Did he look like he gave a shit? Yeah. <laughs> and if he didn't, then that's disrespectful. That's going to make me angry. You, you don't care about me. Mm. And finally, did I keep everyone as safe as possible? Now, that's very important, as safe as possible. I didn't say keep everybody safe, because they may not be safe. They may end up getting shot. Mm-hmm. But we're going to keep it safe as possible. And we're going to do that by treating people digging and showing them respect at any given time. I love that. With your course that you're running here this week, Guilty Until Proven Innocent, what is that? T- and I, I'm not going to pigeonhole you and give me one answer, but... What is the takeaway that you want these instructors here when they come and they see you and they, they learn from you? What do you want them taking back to their agencies with them? That, that from the very moment, the first moment they meet the person, the first thing they see, you know, we talk about communication alignment, what they see, what they hear, and the way it's said. You have to have an alignment of all that. If I don't have that, it's going to go bad. So I have to train them how to do that in a volatile situation, how to still look good. I'm looking good no matter how this turns out. So I'm going to start out good. Now, I may go, it may go south, but at the end, I'm going to still make it good. If something happened, let's say there's use of force, I'm going to get you the best medical attention money can buy because that's my job. I want to keep you safe. So after I get you stabilized, as soon as that happens, I'm going to keep you safe. I'm going to brush you off, get you up, and get you off to jail if that's where you're going. But I'm going to treat you with dignity and showing respect. I can't tell you how many people, and I've worked both corrections and the street, in correction on the street, how many people have jumped in and helped? 
because they were treated with dignity and shown respect. Not that they never had force used against them, but they were treated with respect. Uh, one of my favorite stories is it came, it came out of Florida, where a, a, a low-level drug dealer, you know, mm-hmm. was, was, was arrested several times. It was all minor stuff. And he, uh, guess who called in the 911 call when the undercover officer was getting beaten to death by a bunch of people on the street? He called it in. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the guy always treated him with dignity and showed him respect. And again, on the street, and we all know this, street cops know this, respect is everything. I may have nothing, but if you don't show me respect, we got to fight. If you don't show me respect in front of my people, we got to fight. If I show you respect, it's, it's, it's good, not only in the beginning, but the end. It's very important. I love that. I love that. Gary, it's a complete honor to be able to sit down and, and chat with you here. And, and I know this is going to be the start of a lot of things that we're going to be able to do together. So thank you for being here at Lalita and for doing what you do, brother. Really appreciate it. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Join the Islet Network now. Go to Islet.network. That's I-L-E-T dot network. Produced and distributed by the Sound Off Media Company.